Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out WeKnowPodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, WeKnowPodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. night we did it it's 2022 in case uh the end of the world came we recorded this early in november of 2021 but yeah 2022 we did it guys yay hey hey hey. and i figured we'll kick it off with something good we'll watch 1990s pledge night by good do you mean fucking terrible because i think it's what you mean Oh, oh, I okay. So it is a two-on-one, Kyle. Got it. <laughs> no, the thing is, this isn't the first time I watched Pledge Night. This is the fourth time I've watched fourth? Pledge Night. <laughs> yeah, this is my second watch, and the first watch was, um, I think it came to Shutter, or it, it it came onto my um radar, and I was like, this sounds exactly like something that the podcast needs, and then I watched, and I was like, this is not something the podcast needs. <laughs> <laughs> See, and then the flip side is that I have seen that VHS cover since I was a kid. Yeah. Of the toilet with the hand given like the no, you know, it's whatever, not the, the peace it's sign. Not that, it's it's a, the peace sign with the two fingers, not the thumb and the no, it's not the yeah. Mahalo. Hang ten. Yeah, hang ten, thank you. I was haunted by that cover. I was like, man, I I need to see this movie, and I never got around to renting that movie. And then no one knew what I was talking about when I would talk about it. I'd be like, you know, there's a thing coming out of the toilet. And they're like, ghoulies? And I'm like, no, no. And they're like, ghoulies too? <laughs> then one day, I'm walking in Fantastic Fest. They only have one vendor besides like the Alamo Draft House, and it's Vinegar Syndrome. And that was their big title that they were promoting was that they just put out Pledge Night on Blu-ray. Oh. And I saw the, the cover that had been in my brain for years, and I said, I have to purchase this. <laughs> like, I don't have a choice. I've been trying to hunt this down forever. And I actually think I was kind of like, eh, the first time I watched it, like I was like, it's fun, it takes a while to get going. 
But then, you know, when you buy something similar to when you were a kid and you buy a CD and there's only one good song on it, but you're like, God damn it, I spent $12 on this, so I'm going to fucking love this album. Right, got it. So you, like, listen to it a couple times. <laughs> By, like, the second viewing, I was like, this is kind of fun. And, like, the premise of this movie, I think, is actually very, very smart and very, very fun. The more research I did, the more I found out that this was written by a former porno writer. Once and then again, porn writer, because this was her only non-X-rated movie that she ever made. So that was the best, that was absolutely the best trivia that I found for this movie. (laughs) Well, and also that most of the stuff that you see in the movie happened while she was researching the movie, which I do have to give credit for. It's like, if you're writing for porn and you're getting an opportunity to write a script for a movie, it's like, I don't want to always be writing porn. So let me do research. <laughs> let me like really put some work into it. And she found out about all these fucked up ha- hazings yeah. that happened at frats and she tried to put them all in the movie. And apparently the only thing that I can also say about this movie is that because it's 1990, it's that time where the MPAA had had a fucking enough with horror films. Because <laughs> supposedly they had to submit this movie five times yeah. with cuts wow. before they got the R rating. And you can tell so much happens off screen. It's yeah. very similar to Sleepaway Camp 3 in that sense where it it cuts away just before the real good, good stuff happens. Yeah. Which, again, love the MPAA because there's more titties in this movie than I think I've ever seen in my entire <laughs> life. That wasn't the problem. That wasn't where they had to cut anything. No, it was everybody just got the naked. Very fake violence. Yeah, yeah. every yeah. single even the the final girl. I thought. Yeah, that was-, that was a really weird like fake out. You know, the funny thing that I caught was that since the direct writer slash director was an ex porn, she <laughs> she insisted that every dude that was gonna be in the frat get naked for their audition, yeah. and no one said yeah. no. Everybody was like, no one said no, but one actor apparently pulled out at the zero hour because he was offended by how homoerotic the movie was. Yeah, well, that says more about him than the movie itself. Oh, for sure. Well, dude, that's what what made this so exciting for me because it felt like it was different. Like, it felt just different enough from, like, I mean, I don't know. I walked walked into Pledge Night thinking that it was going to be, like, truly every fucking, like, Vinegar Syndrome slasher release that they've ever put out, which, and that's nothing against Vinegar Syndrome. I love every single one. But But they have a very specific tone that they... Right, and this felt like it was just, just, like, turned, the dial was turned slightly different. Like, so the first thing that clued me in was that there was a scene where there were two guys like getting ready to get it on with a girl in the boom boom room what and i was in the boom boom room and i was like how i don't usually see in slasher movies two guys and a girl the devil's same triangle right right (laughs) and i was just like huh uh, that's that's just like a different just slightly different it's still like i mean it hits all the same beats as any trashy fucking movie and that but it was scene just like, is really uncomfortable for me because so uncomfortable like <laughs> Very. so this is the sloppiest shittiest kissing i think i've ever seen in a horror movie oh. night movie like no nobody so has ever kissed a girl in this movie <laughs> and none of the girls have ever kissed a boy or anybody else for that matter that that one scene though does have a line that i kind of laughed at because the two guys are just standing there and they're like, you go first. And then yeah. it's like, you go first. And then it just cuts the to the girl on the couch and she goes, do I get a say? Yeah. Brilliant. But then they both Brilliant start line. kissing at her. It, you know, it's, it's not the awkward kissing. It's the fact that it really lingers on the breast fondling. And it's not the only scene where that For happens. For a long time. Um, yeah. Too it, long. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and there's nothing wrong with breast fondling in X-rated movies, but when you're doing an R-rated slasher movie, 
it feels exploitative because I don't feel like the women are getting paid nearly enough for these ugly dudes to grope their boobs. No. It makes me think that there was more breast fondling elsewhere that they had to cut, but then they elongated that scene yeah. to make sure that breasts were fondled enough for their liking in the, <laughs> the filmmaker's liking. <laughs> yeah, the filmmaker's liking, not the actors. No, no, nobody else is liking. <laughs> yeah, the MPAA, I don't know, I think it's funny to think that the MPA was like, you can keep all the breast fondling you want, but God forbid if you show an egg beater go into a woman's mouth to kill her. Game over, Dude, so that help is you the God. MPAA. They don't give a shit about <laughs> nudity and sex. It's only mm. violence. If it's anything that's not guns, then it's not allowed. But you can right. blow yeah. anybody's head off with a gun, and the MPAA is like, six-year-olds are totally cool with this. I yeah. don't know yeah. why, but they're, they're no. totally cool with that. It's true. This time watching it, there was a moment where I was like, like it all clicked in my head why I like this movie so much. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a very smart, subversive thing, which is like the first time that I watched it, what I hated was that it took like an hour before any of the slasher stuff actually happened. Right. Now, I fucking love... I prefer the first hour, actually. No, I was going to say, I actually love that it's setting mm-hmm. it up where you're putting these guys in a situation where it makes sense why they would not believe what was happening yeah. when it starts happening. Like It's like it's actually kind of brilliant that you're just putting them through this hellacious hazing mm-hmm. and everything that you think is like a moment of violence is a fake out and they're just like to this breaking point so that when everyone's getting murdered upstairs they're just hanging out in the basement because they're just yeah. like man they're just trying to get us right. <laughs> like, i actually could have used like get more of out. that it makes me think that more of it got cut because like the the almost the payoff of that buildup is like not Ex- yeah, like, it's about two minutes. Exactly. It should have been the last. Been, a- the whole third act should have been, been them that. not believing. Like it, it should yeah. have been Bonner, the, our our <laughs> yeah. prote- our late lead guy, like really being like, "Nah, Dan's a Dan's just playing with us." Or like it was Dan, <laughs> Danny, the actor who apparently got cast in the movie strictly because they yes, were so impressed laugh. by his evil laugh. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. good shit. He was great. <laughs> Yeah, uh, my drink, my drink for choice before we jump into synopsis is not a um, banana and anchovy paste smoothie <laughs> like they drank in the basement, but a good old fashioned Bud Light, just oh, like college, dude. Just you're, like you're college, halfway baby. there. Bud Light was when you were feeling real fancy. Natty Light was when you were just. That was a regular. I had a bush light ready to go, and my cousin <laughs> drank it last night, and then like I didn't go out to the store today, so I That's stopped at my actually dad's house. Good for and- you, not don't go out to that the store to buy bush light for the podcast, please. Don't ever yeah. do that. It seemed it seemed like a it seemed like a fancy uh, frat, right? That yeah, was, yeah. You know, that, yeah was the, that was the rich frat. Yeah, they're no, no. The, the fancy frat that at one point before I realized that I guess the bar was attached to their house, I was like, this is the shittiest looking bar set oh, yeah. I've ever seen. In my entire life yeah <laughs> where did they get the the burlesque dancer that's what i want to know okay yeah so before we're, yeah. oh, we're getting yeah. into the nitty-gritty yeah. of this let's <laughs> give a real quick simple synopsis to people who have not yet watched this movie if you haven't yet watched pledge night top billing is joey belladonna the once and later lead singer of one of the big four Anthrax, who provided most of the music in the movie. Yes, and and it's on <laughs> Shutter, so go watch it on Shutter if you have Shutter. It's you know it's free. It, it, literally, it's an hour and a half of your time. If you don't have Shutter, it is on Tubi. Yeah, but if you don't have <laughs> Shutter, you should be supporting Shutter because it is big time, big time, it big is time, such yeah. a great service. And I forget I've, I said the T word. <laughs> no, no, Tubi <laughs> has its its uses, especially now that you're on the show because Tubi really is like a slight. It's it's of the pie chart of what you are going to pick. Yeah. 
I already know yeah. that Tubi is going to be a very strong friend to us because <laughs> it, you pick some obscure shit. Anyway, so Pledge Night. It starts out with these guys finishing up their pledging before Hell Week. They're, they've they've been pledging this fraternity, and they are going to go through Hell Week with all the hazing, and then they are going to become brothers, parts of this frat. There is a character who named Dan that we mentioned who keeps screaming this maniacal scream. It's specifically said that he has a brain tumor and is going to be getting brain surgery the day after pledge week is or hell week is over so that's very um coincidental if you ask me uh and it turns out (laughs) that he's just faking it um every year they pick a, a brother to pretend to be insane to to ramp up the anxiety that the pledges have so they go through all these hazing rituals that are hilarious very tongue-in-cheek and as these things go on dan descends more into madness and then spoiler alert he starts to kill people his frat brothers because he is possessed of the spirit of a hippie in the 60s who was accidentally turned into goop by muriac acid at a hazing ritual and has come back to to exact his revenge upon the frat do we want to give away the twist as well though oh that he's actually the 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 father of the the one of the pledges the, the main pledge <laughs> the townie yeah, pledge yeah yeah and it's yeah. not actually it's kind of oddly implied and not beaten over the head with, no. in the, the the final cut which is funny to me but so it turns out that he spares the main pledge the protagonist of the movie because he just came back to to um to protect him from the frat brothers and then at the end it shows that his that Joey Belladonna's spirit Sid is no is not gone forever but rather just is going to be continuing to kill any frat bros that are in the house because that house is his haunt i suppose so that's the the nitty-gritty of that the movie but what i want to talk about is that it's hilarious to me that that this porn directress went and did research on um hazing in like 1988 1989 when she was writing it whatever because i had a girlfriend who was pledging i started dating her right as she was finishing pledging her sorority it was the quote-unquote hot girls on campus and all the shit that you think the degrading shit that you think that fraternities and sororities do to um, basically brainwash their pledges into thinking that everybody that's in the frat or sorority is their family, like their blood. It's true. Like the shit that they made them do was like they had to do jumping jacks while a really short girl that was in one of the sisters in the sorority screamed at them wearing an elf costume uh that happened you know everybody's gonna be puking and you're gonna have to like take care of your sisters same thing happens with fraternities and that's like it's a brainwashing technique and and they made them stand at attention for hours on end in the freezing cold and the best thing about this movie is that it's seasonally appropriate because it happens in january or february which is actually when Pledging happens at real colleges, and it's funny because, like, Hell Night, that is a Halloween movie slash hazing movie, and that's not when hazing happens. Hazing happens in, like, the end of the winter. So I no, love that's the like fact rush, that... that's, like, Rush Week is... Yeah. Be, well, and actually, no, Rush, I guess Rush is, like, end of September, but it's, yeah, yeah. it's closer to that than it yeah, is it, to You could to even do week. October as, hell, as, as Rush Week, but, like, yeah. you know, like, all the movies that have the idea of, like, a Hell Week or hazing in them in horror, there aren't very many, but 
Fledgwick is the only one that actually gets it right on all levels, and that's the best thing I can say about it because it's not a fun movie to watch. Like, it's it's pretty painful most of the time. I don't love it, but I feel like <laughs> I got to give it major props for the fact that yeah. it's the, – the research does shine when you know yeah. – when you've lived through it or, you know, tertiarily yeah. lived through it. It's fun. I'll piggyback off of that too because I think that this was the the sort of like the misdirection and the the gaslighting for lack of a better term of the brothers, the current brothers to the hazing class being like, "Why wouldn't you do that for your brother? Like, why wouldn't you take this bullet for them?" Or like, do like that's or eat that, a fucking um uh, an ass uh, cherry. Ass cherry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like God. That was that. That's completely it because it totally is. And that whole culture is about brainwashing. Like. I mean, there are people who love their their Greek life and their experience, and but from an outsider's perspective, or I went to Syracuse University, so like I saw it, I saw it from like an outsider's perspective, just being like, guys, this is like not how anything should go. Like you shouldn't be tricked into thinking that y'all are close, and then have to pay money to get tricked to thinking that y'all are close yeah. to each other. Like it's not, it's just craziness. But like I remember when one of my friends from college joined a frat. I was like, why? Yeah. Why would you do that? Yeah. <laughs> You're throwing your life away. <laughs> and but then it's like represented in so many ways by the people who are pledging. It's like yeah. there's the towny kid who just like that's you know his dad went there. Oh, I'm sorry, that's not true. The the one kid whose dad went there was like very into it and then they tried oh, is that to, like, the guy who was like who had the craziest smile like yeah all the time. he was like, he was just, like <laughs> he's he's talking about how the, the the frat is so progressive because they let a jewish guy in yeah it does <laughs> hit home a lot of like that culture and attitude and then other parts of it are just like what the fuck is happening and i and and the, really that last act that like third act is it, it doesn't again it doesn't fall apart but it doesn't capitalize entirely on what is set up and i'm just like come no, on y'all <laughs> like you almost had this i mean obviously a movie like pledge night is not a film where anyone kept the cut scenes no. but yeah, i would sad. love to well, have yeah, seen they're like not on that, they're not on that blu-ray there's no like there <laughs> no any? there's no. a there's some interviews. That's about it. Oh, I, there's not even a commentary track, which is a bummer. But like, I would love to have seen because like the concepts of some of the kills is really cool. Like the egg beater, I think that the I've talked about before how like Sleepaway Camp, the final shot of Angela was like kind of a horrifying, just still frame of a person's face. Mm-hmm. I do think that this woman's like wide-eyed face with just like this bloody circle in the middle of her mouth, even though it's a very low effort effect. It's one of those things where I almost think it's better that we didn't see what happened because, sure. like, seeing the aftermath, it's like, Could oh, be. what the fuck happened yeah. to her? Yeah. That being said, if they had to cut everything just to save enough money for Sid to rip out of Danny's body and for the dude's yeah. stomach to explode with all the dude. bugs, they saved for the right scene. Yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> that really is the best scene in the movie. Uh, as far as, like, visual, like, the aesthetic of it is is great. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that I hated the watch. I mean, I didn't hate the watch the first time. I didn't hate the watch the second time. I definitely scrubbed through a lot more this time, mm-hmm. especially that part that goes on forever in the basement where it's cutting between Dan killing people upstairs and head Pledges frat brother. just reacting. Like, yeah. he, he's, he keeps talking and he's got his robe on. He keeps talking about how, like, He's reading politicians. Greek mythology yeah, yeah, to them. Exactly. I mean, that <laughs> part goes on way too long after your yeah. first, first watch. But the first watch of that... The humor actually is there because it feels 
it's got like an American psycho kind of feel to it where it's very in on its own joke. I also wanted to say one of the things that I want to give this movie credit for, and I forget how I heard someone say this. I think it was Katie said this on an episode of Before My Time, but like meeting something at its level and then acknowledging it in the positive light of the time type situation. Mm -hmm. But like, gotta say, horror film in 1990 in a college dorm with a lot of homoerotic undertones yeah. and they didn't use the hard F once in this entire <laughs> yeah, movie is sure. like actually pretty. <laughs> like I, was I like, would never do that well to my done. brother. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that Pledge Night has some panache, you know, like Sid is very obviously a Freddy analog. As I keep saying, this is a good one watcher. The fact yeah. that Matt's yeah. watched it four times is a bit, is, <laughs> you know, disturbing. I, I also got to say, dude, I got to say, one of the things that might help, and again, all the credit in the world to Vinegar Syndrome, this Blu-ray looks fucking gorgeous. <laughs> like, it is like a 4K restoration. And I, I've said this before, but like, this is one of the movies, I think the other movie I actually said this about was ironically like, Children of the Corn Three, Oof. but this is like oh. one of those. I would say, yeah. I would say, I put it in the same category as Children of the Corn Three and Pet Cemetery Two, in the sense of when I watch the movie, it's like I'm nostalgic for how I would have felt watching it if I had rented it as a kid. Like, yeah, you're able to tap into that like potential. Yeah, like I'm like I know that 13 year old Matt Kelly, if he had watched actually rented it and watched this movie, that he would have went back and rented it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I also I think, think that there's saying something that, that like, clicks for me. Back when you were 13, your barrier for for entry, not necessarily your barrier for entry, um, like your bullshit tolerance was much higher. Um, oh, for sure. You know, like you could you could take a lot more because I think about the shit that I watched when I was 13 and 14 and I was going to the movie store and renting three horror movies for $3 for three nights on a Friday night. And yeah. I would absolutely have rewatched Pledge Night if there was a copy of that on VHS down there. I want that shitty VHS, you know, style. You know, sure. like that's yeah. that would yeah. that's what I would because like watching it on Shutter, it looks pretty good. I wouldn't know if it's yeah. 4K, but I would say like it looks pretty darn good. And because of that, uh, it that high res stuff kind of takes me out of the the nostalgia unless I've already seen the movie multiple times on VHS with that graininess, that grit, and then I get to see a beautiful restoration. Like by the time this drops, I will have my kindred 4K Blu-ray yeah, in my hands <laughs> yeah, and I will, will have enjoyed every second of it at least twice. That I'm really looking forward to seeing because that VHS rip that we watched Multiple, I've watched it multiple times. You can't see shit, you know? Like, it, it's no. in terrible condition. And I want to see what they were doing with that. And I feel, feel like with Pledge Night, especially with slashers, you can get away with a lot oh, yeah, more no, when you're it's not in lower. Missing, you're not yeah. missing anything not in the grain. No. I just mean, like, when I put that thing on, I was like, ooh, this is, like, pretty. Like, yeah. it's like the and colors it, are really popping this, for this me. This movie, I think, benefits from both from both of those uh, scenarios truly because i think it's not like it's not a visual wonder by any means <laughs> but at the same time like i if i was watching it on vhs i don't think i necessarily would have noticed that this was really shot in a that is a frat house uh, i've looked and there's a frat house on Rutgers it's a University. legit it's frat that, house that they recorded that they've and that i they knew take it. Yeah. i knew that that was the case because i'd been in those 
houses at Syracuse. Like I, those yeah. houses are labyrinth, like they're labyrinths completely. They are yep. staircases that I don't know like where they led to. I had been on one and then the, like uh, two hours later and many beers later, I was on another, st- like I have no idea. It's totally, it's kind of scary. And then like, if you think about it at nighttime with a lot more people, I don't, you don't know where the fuck you are. And I recognized that like layout and that environment Oh, I yeah. don't know if I would have recognized it in VHS, but I also would have really enjoyed it because it's a shit like college slasher. Like it's yeah. <laughs> oh man, if this things, was on sci-fi when I was are... in college, this would have been my jam Bro, too. Like oh my God, I feel like yeah. <laughs> I am giving it way less credit than it deserves for the fact that I watched. No, I've it heard in you talk about movies that you hate more than like, and you're not. This doesn't come across as hate for Pledge okay, Night by any good, means. This good. is <laughs> this is this is. I think I think this is legitimately. Dude, I fucking love Anthrax, and I want to love this movie as much as I love Anthrax. But as much as I love Anthrax, like I love the fact that Metal Thrash and Mad is in this for a good two minutes. But some of the filler that they added is not good. I forgot that it was Anthrax at some point. Yeah, in the movie. I feel like, like I if, if was... we're doing Anthrax in a horror movie, the best example of it is It Part One. And also, I love that like they did legitimately nothing to make Joey Belladonna look like a, a hippie in the 70s. No, <laughs> they, they gave him bell bottoms. <laughs> that, that dude bell can't bottoms and I shit, think by that the way. peace sign that, no, it's so bad. No. Yeah, that's, thank God he was, he was just young Sid and not burnt Sid. Like, he but just both showed were up. terrible. If I was Joey Belladonna, I would be like, put me in the makeup. I am Sid all the way through this movie. They were, they filmed this over the course of 18 days. I could have put 18 days into this movie. This movie has two really awesome lines. Go on, Kegel, eat that turd if you want to be a brother, which is just great because I, I think it was like a, a, a hot dog covered in like anchovy paste i don't know it doesn't matter well they did they did the banana with the anchovy paste which i thought it was and then they made those shakes out so i was like i don't know we missed the turd maybe they covered it in spam (laughs) it looked like spam to me but it was still yeah yeah um that would be great but then if nothing else there's this one spot where they're like what do we do with this we can't eat it we can't get rid of it one guy just very earnestly goes maybe maybe we could stick it up our assholes (laughs) (laughs) best line of the fucking movie Oh my god! Yeah, that the mullet, for, uh, the mullet brother, or yeah. the mullet pledge, just yeah. couldn't get anything right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved that, that dude. That was great. That is one of the most off the wall, out of control, just unnecessary lines in any movie that we've discussed in years. I, and I be, and I believe it. That dude was earnest. I feel like that line's even better because. I feel like specifically assholes as yeah, opposed to just stick it up our asses. asshole. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> assholes, multiple. Assholes. <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! 
Um, all right. Well, I think we've hit all we can talk about with Pledge Night. We've, so we gave them 31 minutes, the- all right? Yeah. <laughs> we can talk about double features. And Matt, since you picked this movie, why don't you tell us yours? Well, Scott, you're going to be really upset because I'm pretty sure I'm about to take yours as well. No, you're not. But, I mean, there's only one other movie that I would ever want to watch about a bunch of dude bros yes! in college. And that is Dude Bro Party Massacre 3. Three. <laughs> Man, I could watch that movie every once a month. I wouldn't. I don't want to do it every week, but I could do it once a month for a year and not get sick of it. It's in a pretty regular, like, not a regular rotation with me watching it, but I would say that there's probably about 10 movies that if I'm hanging out with people and I find out oh, they yeah. haven't seen those movies, I'll make them watch. And it's it's on that list for sure. Fuck yeah. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I would go House, House on Sorority Row um, okay. because it is obviously we're it's fraternity sorority. There's, yeah. there's clear distinctions here. But House on Sorority Row has some really odd, dreamy, shit going on in it that it's totally different from like the off the wall very like straightforward stuff that pledge night has i mean straightforward being like uh it's a haunted guy and he comes out of the toilet and he's there like the house on sorority row has some really like weird mysterious dreamy shit going on so they're totally different like tones but i think they pair really well uh for like a college horror like double feature so I love how be, you're like you're you're pairing them like wine and cheese, you know? Yeah, you're, you're god you're it's, goddamn it's, right. I, I think that you need to start thinking about pairing them like cheap beer and cheap salami, you know, like nah. slow well, gems and Bud Light. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> all right. Which, so how about you, Scott? Shit, I think I have some from Aldi's downstairs. <laughs> uh, I'm going with another hell week kind of movie which i think is the best of the batch besides uh, of the era uh because Dubro mm-hmm. party massacre 3 is very obviously a pastiche and that's what makes it so good because it's a perfect pastiche but if we're talking about a tongue-in-cheek era appropriate you know frat sorority movie i cannot in good conscience end my night after pledge night without watching killer party so oh, good. Nice. kyle have you seen killer party yeah. I've seen it once a while ago, and I think it was, uh, again, bless him, I think it was VHSPS uh, rip of Killer Party. Yeah, so it's... I, I should say that I haven't really. No, you <laughs> have. No, dude, no, seriously. Like, but... that's that's the way to watch it. It's not a that's good a fun, movie, a but one. it is it's a fun such one. a fun time. I actually yeah. own it on VHS. So what happens next, Scott? Well, the next thing is uh, what did we watch or do or read or experience this week that we want to talk about either good or bad and matt i would like you to go first so i already said earlier in the episode that you know we're recording this kind of late november but i feel confident enough in the december release schedule to say that i saw a movie that is definitely in my top three films of the entire year it seems like most people also really liked it i've seen some people really hate it but i saw ghostbusters afterlife and yeah dude i like teared up while watching it i felt the joy of you know earlier in this episode i talked about how like i know as a kid if i had watched pledge night this would have been so my shit that i get nostalgia for it but like ghostbusters afterlife i had such a big stupid smile on my face the whole time because it was literally reminding me like why i care so much about movies when they're done right and they're just fun and they're you're just sucked into it and you know that like Like, I was talking to Jackie from the Jersey Ghouls about it because we were like, 
yeah, like there are plot holes and there are like things that's like, well, that's convenient. But it's like one of those movies you're just having so much fun that you're just like, brain, shut the fuck up and enjoy yourself. Like this is in a, in a time where there's been so many disappointing sequel reboot things lately. Like this one just hit all the right emotional notes. Just a beautiful, I mean, it's a beautiful movie. But it's also, I'll say this as non-spoiler as I possibly can, but it's also a beautiful love letter to Harold Ramis and, like, the person that he was. And, like, as I was watching the movie, I found myself getting sad thinking about, like, how I don't think Harold Ramis actually gets the amount of credit for, like, how important he was to like the changing tide of comedy in the 70s but yeah go see it it's beautiful i'm not sure if either one of you have gotten a chance to not see yet. it yet but it's fucking amazing. i thought it was a playstation 2 game with a subtitle <laughs> afterlife so i decided <laughs> i haven't so my wife is reading cider house rules and Ooh. so uh, i'm not and i'm not uh but <laughs> um, but you know she's reading it on her very little free time uh, between work and being a mom uh, yeah. but she was like i really just want to fucking watch the movie she was like i remember loving the movie and so we put it on the other night when we somehow had two hours uh of, of undisturbed uh time and man like those types of movies from the late 90s they fucking knew what they were doing like that is yeah. an incredible film all the i mean nobody needs nobody needs me to fucking say that but there's there's something to be said about like every every detail is important and it probably is that way in the novel too but like it it reads uh really well when it translates to film too it's like it doesn't treat the audience like they're stupid, you know, just or like, it's not just like emotion porn. It's like very detailed and nuanced in the way that it builds. And I don't know, man, I was just really struck with it. I also thought that, um, I always thought that cider house rules was a football movie because I got it confused with varsity blues somehow. <laughs> I don't know how or why rules and blues maybe are like, they look close in words. And I also, would always think that like cider house rules it rules and i thought that was football-esque uh, i don't know but anyway uh, i know that's like a like i don't know it's a great movie and nobody needs me to say that that's true but it, it I, it's first time watch for me it was really awesome i, I thought yeah. it was fantastic if you haven't seen it because it just like came out at a time that that wasn't what you were watching or didn't give a shit like definitely like visit it for just like a really solid like well-crafted film it's great yeah. pleasantly surprised because you know we watch a lot of shit. I choose to watch a lot of shit. Um, <laughs> I, ch I choose to watch a lot of shit. You because... said, sit down, babe. We're watching Pledge. <laughs> <laughs> and she, and she, and, and Carly, I should have got Carly's like, I should get Carly's like last, like, you know, statement so that I could share it. Cause she likes, we thought it was fun, but um, it, it's, I'd be yeah. okay with that. I'd be okay if every episode ends with Carly's one sentence review when you were done watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it might just be a lot of fuck you guys. Um, I would but not like begrudge her these things. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's really easy for me to just, like, sit down and watch something mindless, being both a filmmaker and now a dad that doesn't have a lot of time and of energy to spend on, on certain things. But at the same time, it was very pleasant to do so uh, on something that didn't, like, wear my ass out. So, uh, Cider House rules! It rules! <laughs> So when Matt came to visit back in June, he brought a an, a thumb drive with him that had the Pick It Up Ska documentary, uh, Ska in the 90s documentary. And I sat on that for six months 
and finally watched it and it was just so delightful it made me feel so good it reminded me of so many fun bands and and i love getting that coloration in my nostalgia of all these people that I look up to. You know, it's just, I mean, I love John Feldman. I, I absolutely love Scott Klappenstein. Um, just, I, I love all the, Aaron from Real Big Fish, like just so many amazing people in that, that I just looked up to and adored all through high school and college. And it's just, um, it's great to have some personalization of their experience being like, on top of the world for five years. Yeah. Is this doc available somewhere? Because I have. Uh, I can send it is, to you. I have no idea what the fuck y'all are talking oh, about. Oh, dude, but it it's yeah. very, I'll send you a copy. But I'd love to learn. I love it's to so learn. Stuff. It's uh, yeah. Kyle. You. It's from the same guy who did uh the last blockbuster documentary ah. that was on Netflix a while ago. Yeah. Talking about ska music. Pledge Night <laughs> from 1990. <laughs> uh, if we were releasing this before the Black Friday sale at Vinegar Syndrome, you could pick it up. Still funny. Uh, anyway, that was Pledge Night. Tune in next week when we're back with yet another lovely episode of Horror Movie Night. Boo! Boop. listening to the Geekscape Network. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! You're listening to the Geekscape Network.